This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon and welcome. It's becoming a knockdown, dragout brawl, and the writ hasn't even been dropped. I'm speaking, of course, about the now very personal fight between Kathleen Wynne and Doug Ford, and I'm trying to figure out who started it. Wynne says it was Ford in a statement from a press release his camp released yesterday. Uh, you heard it in the news. I'll repeat it, if you allow me. If Kathleen Wynne tried to pull these kinds of shady tricks in private life, then there would be a few more liberals joining David Livingston in jail. A lot of people say this is an echo of Donald Trump's famous lock-her-up refrain about Hillary Clinton. Here's how Wynne responded. Doug Ford stands for nothing other than Doug Ford. And just like Donald Trump, there is only one way to deal with this kind of behavior. You have to stand up to him. And you have to name the behavior for what it is. Because that is how you deal with a bully. Okay, well, first of all, I want to know, do people agree uh, that that is just like what Donald Trump did? Or is it maybe a little milder than that, just trying to take sort of maybe a page out of his playbook? Um, Is it the wrong thing to say? I mean, I think uh, they're right that this campaign is going to go vicious, going to go negative. Uh, And um, is that because uh, the liberals basically are desperate? They're, They're really, really down there in the polls. Want to know what you think? The numbers to call, 416 Six three six zero zero seven forty, toll free one eight six six seven forty four seven forty. Right now we have John Capobianco, who is a senior partner and public affairs lead with Fleischman Hillard. He's also a conservative strategist. Kevin Godet, also a conservative strategist, and Patrick Gossage, former press secretary to Prime Minister Trudeau, and that would be. The first one. Welcome, gentlemen. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Okay, we have all of you. Okay, let's start with John. Uh, John, do you think that that comment from Doug Ford's camp, was that uh, very similar to uh, Donald Trump? Uh, No, not at all, Libby. I think at the end of the day, you know, what we're seeing here, obviously, is uh, uh, even though the writ hasn't been dropped, but the election effectively being unofficially on, uh, and uh, and I would chalk it up to sort of, you know, pre-election rhetoric on... on, on uh, the side of the premier, but I think at the end of the day, um, you know, it's not surprising, um, just given where they are in the polls, that the premier and the liberals would be attacking uh, Doug Ford. They they started attacking him even before he uh, w- w- won the leadership. 
Uh, and then, of course, since he's won, won the leadership, and, and ever since then, he's been uh, he's been under attack. Um, but it does show a sign of desperation. I think I think voters in Ontario see it for what it is, uh, and uh, they would expect the premier to uh, to be above the fray and, and not get involved in that kind of uh, that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, look, we, we've seen this happen before, where they've they've invoked Mike Harris, uh, who's been who's a premier 20 plus years ago, uh, and uh, and equated our leaders to, to Mike Harris. So there's always trying to find ways to to knock down uh, the PC leaders, and this is yet another example of that. Uh, Kevin, uh, again, do you would you agree that uh, what Doug Ford said it has no similarity to what Donald Trump he would get those chants going, uh, lock her up, uh, kind of intimate that there's criminal activity, and and of course he has some real criminal activity uh, to kind of hang his hat on. But um, would you? What do you think? I think that uh, the premier is is looking desperate and, and name calling in a vitriolic manner is historically doesn't work well for for any politician in in this manner. It's not it's not at all like what went on in the United States uh, yesterday. Doug Ford was making reference to the financial practices of the government, and he actually is factually correct that if if the private sector undertook its finances and its fiduciary duties. The same way this premier and her government has, people would be in jail. It has to do with questions of how they do financial accounting and financial disclosures and access and use of, of funds. Um, what we're going to see clearly is a premier who is desperate to try and do whatever she can to demonize Doug Ford. The problem is that she will look mean and nasty in the process. And the only the only thing that the premier has ever had going for her is that people have thought she came off as a nice lady, if you will. And she, she risks even damaging herself further by continuing down this road. Okay. Uh, Pat Gossage, uh, you God, are... Good God, I feel like the liberal with the noose around his neck. Uh, yeah, well, well uh, <laughs> Thanks, if, the, if the polls... If, You're if, welcome to join us. Patrick. If the polls are correct, uh, you kind of are like that, Pat. Uh, so, <laughs> first, <laughs> first of all, do you see uh, any Trump-like characteristics in, in these kind of statements? Well, you know, I... I I think for the kind of people that uh, Wynn continues to appeal to, which are tend to be younger, tend to be women, you know, I mean, the, the, the Ford appeal is to older men uh, who live in the 905. There's no doubt about it. There's a Ford nation out there, and they love him, and they, they I think, the more I hear from lots he gets, of women the more who love like him, him, too. And, and there's been, a, there have been some polls that show that, that you know, the core... Ford supporters. In fact, most of them like Trump. So there you are. Um, but I'm you know, saying, do you think, do you think as a strategist and a liberal that that his statements, he's kind of trying to take a page from the Trump playbook? I don't think he's doing it deliberately. But, you know, these the, the, the two experts that I'm on the air with know perfectly well that when there's a bandwagon that seems to be heading towards a Ford victory, uh, you know, what are you going to do? You're going to shoot the tires out, and then they do the same thing. I mean, there's, there has to be a way to destroy the, to destroy the uh, apparent uh, appeal that Ford has to a far larger group of voters than any of us could have guessed, and I think John would admit that, that his popularity going in is quite surprising given where he came from and given his lack of experience. And, and uh, you know, I think, I think it's quite normal for a party that, uh, you know, wants to stay in power and has done very progressive things to take shots at 
clearly a very right wing uh, and kind of bullying. Uh, and, you know, he bullies the press and, you know, uh, he does have sort of some Trump-like uh, qualities. I don't think there's any doubt about that. And I'd like to hear John say what he would do if he was advising Kathleen Wynne. Well, before you know. before we hear that, I have another question for you, Patrick. And um, it, it it's, uh, you know, um, further to what Kevin was saying. So to me, I, I do think that part of Kathleen Wynne's appeal is that she does seem like a nice person. And uh, I don't know if going this negative, uh, I mean, would you advise her to do that? Well, I mean, she is being advised to do that, and uh, you know, and uh, I think it's it's a way of of eating away at this kind of weird sort of credibility that Ford has uh, going in, uh, which has surprised everybody. And I think it's I think it's a legitimate political tactic, and there are ads out that that show him saying things that a lot of people wouldn't find very attractive. And uh, I going in, I don't know. I think if 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 it manages to make people think twice about this guy and to think there's a risk in him becoming the premier of you know, Canada's biggest province, uh, you know, so be it. That's politics. Okay. Uh, so, um, John Capobianco, um, again, um, do you think that this is going to have traction for the Liberals? Well, I have a lot of respect for Patrick, and he's he's advised many uh, successful uh, liberals uh, campaigns and candidates, and and I think his perspective, you know, is is someone is something that I think the liberals are uh, looking to uh, to do and have been advising the premier to do. But I, you know, at, at the end of the day, I think it's all about brand and yeah, um, and Kathleen and the premier uh, as premier over the last number of years as premier has built a brand in uh, a certain way of doing it. If if people see that she's changed Changing, uh, and that she is altering her her personality or, the, or her brand, as it was, um, for the sake of this. I think that they will see sort of a, a, a you know um, a disingenuousness of, of of her, and I think that could hurt her in a, in a campaign, um, especially because she's facing a leader who, uh, as Patrick says, and I think I would agree quite quite wholeheartedly, has has an appeal uh, to to a number of Ontario voters who. Um, may not have voted before, may not have voted conservative before, but have an appeal with with Doug. Because Doug's got a brand that he has uh, been able to to enhance over the course of his term as councillor, uh, and uh, and even during the leadership and and since. And I think that you know what you're seeing is Doug Ford for who he is. He's not changing, hasn't changed a bit. This is the way he's been uh, conducting uh, things, which is a straight talk and and uh, you know and, and appeals to a certain. Uh, uh, voter base out there that has been successful. So I think he's going to continue yeah, doing that. I think, I think she's going to pivot. That and I think go her pivot is, is going to be hurting her. Sorry, what? I think it's a gaffe. I mean, and he's had a couple of gaffes. And, you know, the gaffes tend to detract from from what John's saying, from this guy who's, you know, the honest John, the guy that can talk to the people, that people trust, that's going to do good things for people and get Ontario, put, put Ontario to work again and all these bland promises that he makes. Um, you know, it detracts from that. And, uh, you know, his, his, uh, his line about firing Hydro One's uh, president, you know, and as if that was going to 
solve the hydro, the, you know, hydro rate problem. Uh, you know, these are these are not very clever things. And uh, oh, I think the hydro one line plays well with a lot of uh, people. But, uh, let let me just ask Kevin okay. a question here. So does this? So this is really turning into a brawl between yeah. Kathleen Wynne and uh, um, be, and and Doug Ford. Uh, does this uh, further <clears throat> marginalize Andrea Horvath, or is there a chance that uh, she, who really is a nice person, comes up the middle and says, hey, you know, let these people knock themselves out? Well, the polling data, the polling data so far hasn't shown... Uh, growth yet for Andrea. Uh, I put a poll out a couple of days ago that showed the Liberals were ahead of the NDP by three or four points. Mind you, it's still early in campaigns matter. I think a, a possible path for uh, the leader of the NDP would be for her to actually position herself as the the believable progressive alternative to uh, what's likely to be a majority PC government um, that Kathleen Wynne has little to no credibility, nor does her party anymore, that nobody believes anything she'll say or do. She's basically, there's nothing left free for her to promise, I guess, other than a free car in your driveway. And that, and she's broken so many promises. Her party is so weak on brand, on trust and believability. I think the path forward for Andrea involves her saying, look, if you really want a progressive government, uh, don't trust Kathleen Wynne, trust us. And that that might be the path she tries to to take and, as you point out, to try to be a, a calmer alternative. Um, I, I guess that has yet to be seen. It hasn't manifested itself yet, self yet in the numbers, but to be fair, people aren't that engaged. They're living their lives. The writ hasn't been dropped, and we'll, we'll probably know more in a month. Um, John, um, how do really negative campaigns play here with nice Canadians. I'm uh, I'm also recalling, remember that ad, it was a long time ago, of Jean Chrétien that focused on his facial disability? There was a real backlash against that. Yeah. Well, I, I think in, in general, negative negative ads uh, work, but they have to uh, they have to be done in such a way uh, that that it appeals to to Canadians and to Ontarians. And I think you know we w- there was often a lot of chat about um, Justin Trudeau when he was running uh, to be pr- prime minister, and and the ads that he would do that you know where he was smiley and and speaking about certain things, and and really they were negative ads towards towards um, at the time Prime Minister Harper. But they, but they, but they came across uh, not in the sort of the negative dark color and, and sort of grim music in the background kind of, kind of ad. Um, so I think there's ways of being able to, uh, to do negative ads, and I think most campaigns will call them contrast ads, where they try to contrast their candidate uh, or their party um, uh, versus the, their opponent's party. Uh, and it's how you do those contrast ads, I think that that can be effective. I think if you do negative ads with humor. Uh, I think they go yeah. they go a lot better here uh, than they would. Um, but the U.S. style of negative ads, which can be very brutal, uh, I think can backfire here in Canada and certainly in Ontario. That's my surprise, Libby, that uh, the Premier herself was the voice of criticism against Doug uh, this morning, that uh, this type of very name-calling, very personal, vitriolic name-calling, I'm, I'm surprised that it didn't come from someone else because then she exposes herself to the type of, of negative backlash that, uh, that John was just referring to. 
And here's an interesting, uh, well, I think it's an interesting thought that I had. So you remember in the last federal campaign, uh, the conservatives, uh, they kept running these ads about Trudeau that said, just not ready and not uh, not experienced. Yeah. And when he overperformed, when he, that, that sort of set a very low expectation. And when he overperformed, he ended up with a majority government. I kind of think uh, the opposite is happening this time with Kathleen Wynne. Everybody is talking about what a brilliant campaigner she is, what a great debater she is. And I think that maybe um, the bar has been set too high for her. I mean, I don't know what she has to do to live up to that. Uh, Pat, do you have a a thought on that? Yeah, no, I think that's a good thought. I mean, I think you know, it has been set high, well, but mostly by the media, the hated media, you know, that, that Doug Ford hates so much. But, um, and I think, <laughs> Not you know, I think the debate, the debate is going to count a lot. And, uh, and also, um, uh, just, just because you were doing some historical uh, remembrances, uh, remember how Harper destroyed Ignatius with negative ads? I mean, they really did work. And, uh, he just destroyed him, and he had the right lines, and they, they were nasty, nasty, right, John? I mean, they but were But they were incredible. also kind of true. Well, and I think well, that's yeah, the difference, Olivia. Well, I think that I mean, negative John, ads John have... Just, 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 just let him talk. Let him talk. Go ahead, John. Has, no, no, sorry, John. No, no, Patrick, sorry. I was just going to say, I think, I think and this, this actually speaks to your point, though, I think, which is, you know, negative ads that have elements of truth in them, um, yeah. I, I think are, you know, but if, you, if you, it's a negative ad where I think the one with Michael Ignatieff that worked so well, and I know because I actually ran against him in, uh, in, the, uh, in the election yeah, of 2006, <laughs> as Patrick and Kevin will both remember, but um, it, it was the sort of, you know, uh, he's not here for you, or because there was an yeah. element of truth. Just, you know, Michael it, was not in, in, in Canada for, for, you know, 20 30 years. 30 years, so. yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, well, I mean, Doug, Doug, Doug is vulnerable. Now we have to admit Doug's vulnerable. But I kind of agree with with uh, John that I I don't think at this point, from what we've seen, that the clever people like David Hurley, who's advising uh, Kathleen Wynne and who's an old uh, an old time uh, strategist, haven't come up with the, that kind of ad. And you know, God knows, maybe they will. We'll see, John. <laughs> it's, it's 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 possible that we're experiencing though. 1993 federal election-like phenomena here when, when uh, Mulroney left and Kim Campbell took over the reins. Yeah. Uh, and notwithstanding the problems of the ca- that campaign and the, and the mistakes they made, it's very possible there was just nothing they could do. The public were just so done with the Conservatives at the time, and that's where they got wiped out down to two seats. It was a yeah. historic wipeout. We could be experiencing in Ontario something very similar and that there, there could be very little that the Kathleen Wynne liberals can do. Uh, none of these attacks may make any difference, and all they, the best they can do is try to get Doug off his game and, and get under his skin and hope that they can cause yeah. him to make a gap okay. of his own. I, I, remember th- I remember that very well. I remember that I hopped on a campaign bus in, I'm showing our age, I guess, in Vancouver <laughs> a few days before the election, and I called home base in Toronto, and I said, Oh my God! You know, I've I've talked to some very smart people who have them down to you know three or four seats, and they they told me I was nuts. Um, anyway, um, we shall see, uh, guys. Hang on, let's uh, take a couple of calls. Okay, we've got Joyce in Scarborough. Hi, Joyce. Oh, hi, Lenny. <clears throat> okay, now your guests have good-paying jobs. They don't go to the store 
and wonder, oh, I can't buy this, I can't buy that. Uh, they have no problem paying for their hydro. Now, when Ford says he's going to sack them, great. I'm behind Ford 100%, well, probably 200 It's It's money in your pocket that we don't have, and that's what your guests don't understand. Joyce, but, but um, Kathleen Wynne yeah. has uh, dropped hydro rates by 25%, and Andrea Horvath says she will drop them by 30%. But she didn't get, uh, she, she's got a $6 million guy, and how much do the board members get? I, I, I honestly, I, I don't know how much the board members get, but uh, again, the rates, uh, it's not clear how that would affect the rates, but I, I think it is a popular thing to say. And yesterday on this show, Doug Ford said, uh, you know, it costs a lot of money to fire people like that because they have great contracts with severance. Uh, it will cost, uh, could be more than $10 million to fire the CEO of Mayo Schmidt. And Doug Ford was on this show saying it was more than worth it to do that. But it, it, he hasn't shown yet how that will affect the rates. But but you like that idea, right, Joyce? Uh, yeah, I have no problem. We're, we're in the hole incredibly with Wynn. I don't believe her. She's, she's the slickest uh, gun in town. But her track record, she has no track uh, have you listened? There are no tracks. Have you that... listened to Andrea Horvath? Huh? Are you listening to Andrea Horvath at all? Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm still with Ford. I I waffled a bit, but I'm still with Ford. Uh, and and like uh, and what he said <laughs> about Livingston and the rest of the crew. Guess what? I agree with him, and a lot of people agree with him. Okay, Joyce, thanks for that. Let's hear from Jim and Pickering. Hello, Jim. Hi, good morning, Libby. You know what? I think that Kathleen Wynne is a bully. She's already characterized somebody like myself as an old white guy who votes. Uh, she people... did do that, and she did not apologize. <laughs> yeah, and then people who don't agree with the sex ed policy or some other things she will say... They're homophobic, right? So she calls names, and and that's what's changed my my mind, and like or made my mind up. And I will go out and support uh, Ford on June seventh. I can hardly wait. And the 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 other thing is, Libby, that I really I'm curious about: was Doug Ford ever convicted of selling drugs? No, uh, no, uh, he was not convicted. I, I don't think he was charged. He but was never charged. He was never charged. So how can we keep talking about that? That's almost like slander to me. And it gets back to the policy. But you know what? You know what? So he, he has not denied the story. There has not been a retraction. There, was, there were no lawyers involved. I asked him about it yesterday, and his response was, if that's all they have. So, um, uh, you know, uh, I just... Leave it at that. Well, yeah. I agree with it. And if that's all they have, they're making an, ac- uh, an accusation unproven. And I just want to say, it reminds me of the silly politics. Did you smoke a joint? Yes, but I didn't <laughs> inhale. We're just getting back to silliness, right? So, so far with, with what she has had to say and all this mudslinging, you're right, it's a brawl, but it's a mudslinging brawl. And that's what has made my mind up, Libby. Okay, Jim. Thanks for that. Thank you. Okay, uh, back to our panel for a moment. Uh, again, this issue of uh, 
Doug Ford uh, having uh, been a drug dealer back in the 80s. It surfaced again in a poll, a poll done, I believe, by a firm that leans conservative, and it was a whole section of it. Um, uh, Kevin, do you think it's going to be an issue? I'm also pulling data myself on this issue, uh, and the engagement and awareness of of these allegations isn't huge, um, but those who are aware of it don't care. uh, about those allegations. This takes me back to my earlier comment where I think people are just done with the government and speaking to your caller, Joyce. The Premier has suffered from an appearance of no longer caring for people like Joyce, or people like Joyce don't get the impression that the Premier cares about them, their their struggles, their difficulties. And the same thing uh, with Jim from Pickering. You know, he, he has a position on an issue and he feels like the Premier just calls him names. And, and over time, that perception that the Premier doesn't care about a vast number of people across the province and their respective issues, and they're belittled, belittled, that type of perception is hard for the Premier to come back from. Uh, Patrick, uh, do you think the uh, Liberals are going to try to uh, make more about that allegation, uh, the drug thing? Well, I think they really have very little choice except to uh, attack Ford's credibility as, uh, and his and his. Uh, desire to lead Canada's most populous province. I mean, this isn't a nothing job. It's like the President of the United States. I mean, and, you know, what kind of a person is he? Is he fit to, is he fit to, uh, to lead this province? Does he have the experience? I mean, there will be people, you know, who hesitate when they go into the ballot box and say, God, geez, this guy is risky. And if, if the Liberals could point out the risks of electing him, Effectively, it could it could have some bearing on how people vote. That's all I can say. I mean, it's a strategy. I'm not crazy about it, but that's what they're going to do for a while. And the drug thing, of course, it'll come up. And and John, do you think it'll it'll come up and people will care? I I think it uh, will come up. I think that you know the liberals will try whatever they can to to besmirch and and to try to cut down. you know the popularity that that is uh, that that uh, our leader uh, for uh, Doug Ford is experiencing. So I think they'll try anything. But you know, I, I remember during the leadership uh, campaign when you know um, uh, Doug was asked on a number of, uh, of of panels or a number of debates. You know, um, do you think there's anything that'll come out that might uh, that might uh, you know that might surprise you or surprise Ontarians? Um, you know, sort of obviously on the on the heels of what happened with uh, with Patrick Brown and and Doug would say, look, it, there's there's been no other family. That has been that has been investigated more thoroughly uh, than the Fords, uh, and of course with his uh, late brother Rob and, and Doug and, and all that, and all of the investigations that happened, and uh, and the Globe came up with this uh, that he was a, a, a alleged drug dealer back in when he was in high school, um, you know, with without any charges being laid and all that kind of stuff. So I think that it, you know he's been investigated. Uh, I think that people's perception of of Doug uh, is baked. Um, you know, he's not a new person into the scene uh, he's been he's been in the media and has been talked about and investigated for a number of years so i think um that people's perception of doug is is what it is uh, and uh and he'll have a base of, of followers who you know believe and his you know his uh, ability to be able to speak to to uh, voters who might have been neglected in the past and i think that's powerful and that'll surpass any sort of negativity that might come at him Okay, Cheryl in Thornhill. Just, just, uh, we're just going to take a call from Cheryl in Thornhill. Okay. We'll get to you. Hi, Cheryl. Okay. Hi there. I'll be quick. Uh, as I said, uh, and when they asked me the question, I wouldn't vote for Doug Ford. He was the last candidate running. 
I think he is a bully. I don't understand why everybody's so infatuated with him the way they are. He does remind me of Trump. I said that from the beginning. The whole thing where he's changing the whole media thing. He wants to fire people. And he's just a big bully. He was when he was with his brother. And I don't, he keeps saying my record speaks for itself. I'd like to know what that is. Uh, who who are you going to vote for if you've I decided? I have no idea because I'm not really thrilled with Kathleen Wynne. And I think um, the NDP, they're a little too weak. So it's a real quandary. But I can see us repeating exactly what the states did, just on a smaller level. That's oh, it. Okay, Cheryl, thanks for that. Thank you. Bye. Okay, uh, Patrick, you were trying to jump in there? Oh, I was, I was just going to remind my colleagues that, you know, uh, one, one thing you don't do when you're in a campaign is to fight the press, who still have, you know, a fair amount to say and who are still influential, the mainstream media, so-called. Uh, and, you know, they're, they've been, you know, belittled by Ford endlessly. And, you know, they're going to, you know, they're going to make it difficult for him to get good coverage, that's for sure. And keeping them, keeping them away from him. And, I mean, I'm glad he did your interview, uh, uh, Libby. But, you know, I mean, I don't know whether you, they'd consider you a friendly interviewer. I would think not, but still, you're fair. Uh, well, and, they, you know, they certainly like uh, my, my audience. Um, yeah, you've got the right yeah, audience. I mean, I mean keeping you, him away, uh, we, we had a previous discussion about this whole business of no press bus. Yeah. And, and I'm of the opinion that, you know, it, it's, it's, it's a matter of these time, the times. There are other ways of covering it. It's too expensive, and there aren't that many Queen's Park reporters. So, yeah, but, it's, but his attitude is self-defeating. I sometimes when he starts with the fake news stuff, uh, you know, I would agree with you. But, uh, yeah, there seems to be, you know, access. Uh, and uh, I certainly uh, see him going to talk to the CBC and CTV uh, often. So I don't think he's, uh, he's being kept away. Uh, let's uh, try to get a few more calls in here. We've got Anthony in Toronto. Hello. Hello. How are you? Fine. Good. No, you have a clean slate there. You're very fair on the radio. Well, thanks. You're welcome. Yeah, she is. She is, yeah. Out of everybody else, I think she's one of the better ones. Okay. Uh, Ford is the way to go. Forget about Miss Wynn there saying that uh, Ford is a Trump. He's no Trump. She's just trying to scare off people. And uh, that's the way I see it. Uh, Hydro, we're getting killed. And I heard from one of my American cousins, they bought a coal company in the USA. Is that right? I mean, they're talking about clean fuel, and they go buy a coal company That is in the US. true. That wow. is true. That is yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. And these gas plants, I mean, you go there, and they're just like a skeleton. What happened? No one wants to talk about it. And then the general contractor wants the full amount paid, or he's going to court. Like, there's something very wrong here. If, if Mr. Ford wins, the books will open, and you're not going to believe what they're going to find. Well, uh, we'll see. Thanks yep. for your call, uh, Fred in Brantford. Hi, Fred. Hello. Hello. Here we go again. It's just the liberal Democrat. They know they can't win a fair fight, so up comes the smut. And everything against their opponent. But all they got to do is look south of the border. And who is the president? Donald Trump. His economy is three times better than the jerk we got running our country. But he came in with a popular vote, so you keep saying. But you know what is where he stands now in the popularity? Well, he's the next one to go. 
So Wynn should be locked up. She's as crooked as Hillary ever was. Oh, boy. And oh I, that's boy. all I've got to say. I, I, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, uh, people calling in and, and saying things like that. Well, one thing we we don't like here are, are things that are completely not true. Uh, as far as I know, you might not like Kathleen Winter, what she's done. I do not believe she has uh, committed a, any kind of criminal offense or should be. Uh, locked up. That's for sure. Uh, we're running out of time on this, so I'd like to go back to the panel for uh, what they would like to leave us with, starting with John Capobianco. Well, uh, Libby, thank you for this, and, and I just uh, I, I think it's going to be an interesting uh, campaign. It's going to be an important one, obviously, for for the province. And I think um, you know you're you're going to see uh, a robust fight. I think it's important for the for the health and safety of Ontario that uh, that it become a you know a campaign of discourse and and of of discussion. I think we're going to see a lot of that. But at the end of the day, it's an important one, uh, and I think Ontarians um, have have come to a conclusion with respect to what they feel about the current government and are going to make a decision, and I think it is going to be with Doug Ford. Okay. Uh, Patrick Gossage, uh, do the Liberals have any hope? And uh, Well, they may have a hope of, well, I would say two things. First of all, uh, you know, please, everybody, look at what the parties have to offer. And currently, you know, Kathleen Wynne has a pretty progressive and generous platform to offer, and so does, uh, so does Ms. Horvath. And, uh, you know, at the moment, Doug has very little. So, so look at the substance, look at the policy. And the second thing I'd say is, you know, it's still possible it's going to be a minority government and that it's possible that, and I don't think if it's a if it's a conservative minority, I mean, I can't see Andrea Horvath supporting uh, Doug Ford. So, you know, it's not over till it's over, and it could be even more interesting if that occurs, you know. Okay, and Kevin Goodett. Well, I think for voters to help inform themselves, it'll be especially interesting to watch the three televised debates, yeah. see the tone and tenor, what are the messages, what are the policies, and, and uh, you know, will we see a vitriolic attack back and forth, or will we see some high-mindedness from the candidates? So I think those three televised debates are going to help, uh, help people get a better sense of, of all the players involved this time. Okay. Thank you, all of you. Appreciate We're it. We're so full of good advice. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Thank, Thank you. you. Bye-bye. Thank you, Libby. Okay, that's all the time we have for this segment. Uh, we're going to take a break and come back and talk about a very important issue that has reared its ugly head again, and that is elder abuse with this uh, terrible story we are learning about today. Uh, if you have had any experience of this or thoughts, give us a shout. 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-744-740. And just by the way, of course, to those who could not get on today, Free For All Friday is coming up soon, and we'll be right back after this. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.